Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. And welcome into Life Planning 101 right here on KTX KWY. Terry Slavin's with you on this beautiful Monday morning. We have Angela with us as always, and we have Aaron with us as well. That's right. That's right. We've got a great day lined up for you. Uh, just plenty to give you food for thought for Thanksgiving, no pun intended. Uh, but uh, it is a good day. We've got Aaron Kennedy in-house, our very own CFA, and uh, very happy to have him to talk about what's going on in the markets. I know everybody is is just, you know, that's that's the question on everybody's mind and has been for the last several months. So um, he's going to be joining us later on in the show. And uh, we've got a quick little, um, you know, planning item, I guess, to discuss discuss and in a very important one so i want to uh, play with your imagination for a minute okay let's just say that earlier this year you bought a mutual fund okay and let's pretend the market isn't all crazy and up like it is right now it's just you know it was just normal year investing made a little bit of money with a mutual fund or, or maybe you did make a lot of money with a mutual fund but you hadn't sold the mutual fund okay and when tax time rolls around next year, you get this 1099 from the company that says you owe capital gains tax on that investment, but you didn't sell it. You didn't do anything to trigger capital gains. What is that? How did that happen? Well, it's called a capital gains distribution. And it happens all the time with mutual funds. And this is overlooked a lot because we see this when we look at portfolios. A lot of people, uh, you know, they forget that really there's three components that make up a portfolio for its returns, right? You have obviously the investments themselves, how they perform. You have the fees on those investments. So you might have advisory fees or broker fees. You might have uh, management fees for a fund or a portfolio itself, whatever those are. But the fees add up and you have to pay attention to them. And then you also have the taxes. And this is the often most least talked about, I guess you could say, and forgotten about. So here's an interesting thing for you. If you own mutual funds, you need to like have your antennas up, be looking and seeing if this is you this year. Because 48%, so almost half of all mutual funds have announced already that they're going to distribute capital gains distributions this year. So that means whether or not you sell your fund, whether or not you are trying to, um, you know, get, uh, and you know, get proceeds from your investment, you are going to pay tax on capital gains distributions. And you're looking at me very, very, very confused, which I'm really glad you yeah. are, Terry. <laughs> so that's the point of this show. So you know this because it is overlooked. People don't understand what and why and how this works. So I'm gonna kind of back this up and explain the mechanisms behind it. So when you have a mutual fund, okay. You have a manager that's running that usually, and that manager is buying uh, different um, investments inside of that mutual fund and selling different investments inside that mutual fund. And they do it for you know two reasons: they do to manage the fund, right? If something's not in favor, they may want to sell it or they may want to buy it or or whatever they want to do inside of there. So they're doing it to actually manage it for performance, right? But then also, how many other investors are like you and own that mutual fund? 
how many times do they need to liquidate? Right? So sometimes there's a forced turnover inside of the mutual fund, which creates forced selling and buying of different investments inside of there. Okay? Things of which you have no control over whatsoever. So when these things happen inside of that little wrapper, guess what happens at the end of the year? That's when you get the capital gains? That's when you incur the taxes. Now, now, to be fair, let's look at the opposite side to that. Okay, this is a very favorable situation. Let's say if you have a 2008 and 2009, you know, these managers can also uh, harvest losses. They can, you know, sell things and buy other things to take big losses so that, you know, those are able to carry forward for many years. And in fact, we saw this. I can, and maybe Aaron can even intervene here. How many years was it before we saw capital gains distributions after owning? Uh, it's, it's very recent. Yeah, it was very. And, but very recently, it's been horrible. Brutal. <laughs> I mean, we're looking at, what, 380% growth since then? Yeah. So, so people have gains in those portfolios, and they're being sold off. Whether you're selling them or not. Right. And that right. that's the key. You know, people don't realize this. In fact, uh, we just uh, saw a client last week, Aaron and I were on the phone and discussing it. And it made more sense to incur, what was it, like, gosh, almost $80,000 in capital gains selling the mutual funds than it did to take the capital gains distributions that were going to be coming out of those mutual funds. That's right. Think about that. That's crazy. That is crazy, right? So, And the worst part is, is if you just bought it this year, you could be subject to capital gains distributions that go back for years and years and years that have nothing to do with you. Okay, so it's a very important thing to be able to know exactly what's going on um, with your portfolio. Now, the good news behind all of this, so we actually have a tool. It's called the Tax Estimator. So it's something that we can take a mutual fund portfolio and put it into it and see exactly what that tax estimate is going to look like on that portfolio. Pretty cool, right? And it's really important. A lot of people say, well, that's my only option if I don't want to own individual stocks. Well, it's not. Okay, there's a lot of different options. Example, we use a lot of exchange traded funds inside of our portfolios. Well, exchange traded funds act differently from a, a mutual fund. Oftentimes, they're much more tax efficient. It's not to say that there's never a capital gains distribution, but they're very, very rare in the way that those are built. So, you know, there's different options. It doesn't just have to be a mutual fund portfolio or take a ton of risk. And I think that's what a lot of people think that that's their choice. So I encourage you, though, to get on this because time is ticking. A lot of these companies pay out. I don't know when is usually the, the uh, dividend date for the it's coming yeah a lot of them are are november and december and the, the majority of companies pay out in december really so uh if, if you're looking for it they usually announce sometime between august and october you might want to look up that fund company and see what what their estimates are going to be yep it could be powerful it could be painful i think we're looking Very for the, the latter painful right <laughs> yeah. not, not powerful is there anything you can do to prevent this absolutely sell them Sell them. Yeah. Okay. So if I mean, if you if you're able to get out before those capital gains distributions are paid, you know, and you can obviously buy into something that isn't going to be as tax efficient, doesn't mean that you need to sell and get out of the market. You know, you can stay invested, and oftentimes you can stay invested in very similar investments. Okay, so not change your strategy a whole lot, just make it a lot more tax efficient. Yes. So um, I know that's the case that we were working on last week. You know, we're we're immediately reinvesting all that money into very similar type investments. Investments, but we're getting out of the tax burden that, right, that, right. that the exists. Surprise. surprise. The ugly surprise. and The Christmas know. present. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And I, I think also, you know, it's a good point to note. Um, a lot of people say, well, capital gains is a much more favorable rate. Well, 
Trump tax changed a lot. Actually, going back to Obama, um, when we did Obamacare, it started to change that. And then the Trump tax reform really changed that. Because now you have an income tax percentage that's a 12% percentage where you could be paying 15% on your capital gains at the same income levels. Okay, right. So you might be paying more in capital gains than you are on your ordinary income tax. So don't think it's like it always was and that there's a favorable rate. Now, there may be, depending on your situation, but it doesn't mean there is. And then also, if you have over $200,000 of income, you're subject to Obamacare tax. Okay, So that's another 3.8% on everything that you earn that's investment ordinary income. Mm. So you got to be careful about, you know, thinking that, oh, well, it's just capital gains. It'll be okay. No, it's a different world we live in. So make sure that you know your tax liability, you know your portfolio, you know what's going on. You can use our tax estimator. Just get onto our website and you can hit the contact button and say, I like our tax estimator or call our office and, and get this done because you don't want it to be that painful for you. So lots of good stuff right here on Life Planning 101. When we come back, we have a market update from our very own CFA, Aaron Kennedy. You're not going to want to miss it. Segment two, Life Planning 101 right here on KTXKY. Angela? Yes, and we are back here on Life Planning 101. Uh, we just got through talking about capital gains distributions out of your mutual funds and how painful that can be. So if you missed that first segment, I encourage you, uh, go on to our website, www.kennedy-financial.com. Or look for us on, my goodness, I think any any and all, um, I Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio. Um, you can also listen to KATXradio.com uh, or KWBYradio.com and find us and listen to it. It's very, very, very important. You don't want a surprise tax hickey that you have no ideas coming. So uh, with that being said, let's get on to bigger and better and brighter things, uh, talking about the market itself. And I know we've, uh, you know, we've got, intro. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow. <laughs> well, it is bigger, better, and brighter right now, right? <laughs> depends on the day. So, yes, depends on the day. <laughs> so, Aaron Kennedy, uh, our CFA with Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group, happy to have you this morning. And what can you tell us that's bigger, better, and brighter, and maybe some things that we need to watch out so we don't end up on the darker side? Yeah. <laughs> this has been absolutely a fabulous year. Last week, uh, the market was down about a third of a percent. But that breaks a six-week run of the market going straight up. You know, if, if you listen to the media or read anything out there, you just you would think the world's falling apart, but it's it's not. The global market's up about 20% year to date. That's huge. You know, if you go back one year, so we're we're even uh, picking up the the downfall in December. You know, the U.S. market's up almost 20. Internationals up over 12. Bonds are up over 10. I mean, it would be hard to invest anywhere and not make money over the last year. It's been fabulous, and it's a hated market. You know, nobody knows that it's been so great. You know, um, if you well, they have they have better things to talk about, right? <laughs> yes, I mean, you know, it's, impeachment. Yes. <laughs> yes, and and you know what? That is a is a wonderful thing to remember. The market always climbs a wall of worry, you know, and the market is always looking forward. It really doesn't care what's happening today. I mean, it might might on a second by second trade, but we're always looking forward to what earnings are going to do in the future, what companies are going to do in the future. And that's a that's a very important thing to remember. A great example of that is this year. The expected earnings for this quarter year over year were supposed to be down 4%. How can expected earnings be down 4% and we have a 20% market? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
but we're looking forward. Earnings actually came in at negative uh, 2.3 uh, instead of 4, so it's a lot better than we expected. And, you know, negative earnings are not something that are surprising. You know, uh, we saw this in 2016. So just because earnings are down, you know, doesn't mean the world's ending. How much of that has to do with uh, China, with what's going on over there? Quite a bit. When you look at earnings on the scorecard right now, you know, there's basically three or actually one big culprit, and that's global growth. And China and the tariffs have a lot to do with that. So if you look at what is actually negative right now, you, you look at energy. You know, energy's down about 30% on earnings. You look at materials. What are both of those? That's a global use of either energy or items that is used for growth. So if that slows down, of course those sectors are going to go down. Another big one is anybody that has over half of their earnings outside the United States, you know, because then you have half your earnings are are slowing down. But it's a two-edged sword. Global growth is slowing down. U.S. is slowing down not as bad. So we have slower global growth and a rising dollar, you know, so that's not a good recipe for great earnings going forward. So that's a very, very good way to look at it is global growth. So what would you be saying, you know, are some things that people when they are watching the news, obviously, um, to hear through the riffraff, what should they be looking for that changes that picture that makes that more positive? Well, okay. So, <laughs> so the rest, if we don't look at global growth, one of the big things that is driving down earnings is wage growth. Wages are growing at 3.4%. Inflation is one8 So wages are growing faster than inflation. So across the board, we have uh, these companies that are having to pay more because guess what? Unemployment is so low. Mm-hmm. We're Record, completed I mean, like for 50 workers. Year lows. Yes. It's crazy low. Yeah. And now look at 70% of our economy is the consumer. We have record low employment, almost record high wage growth, and they all feel good about it. So they're spending money like crazy. So, you know, if you look at the market from that standpoint, it's very robust, you know, because we have the majority of our economy running on all cylinders at this point so it feels pretty good economic wise you know uh one of the big things out there is you keep hearing about uh, industrials you know or pmis um, and we are in in a manufacturing recession at this point globally we are our growth rates are negative not not so much here in the u.s but the rest of the world but that's a tiny, tiny percent of the overall economy, less than 10%. So less than 10% of our economy is doing not so well, but 70 is killing it. Gangbusters. Gangbusters. And we're not even in full swing of holiday spirit yet. That happens, what, Wednesday night? (laughs) That's right. That's right. Coming up, for sure. And and guess what earnings are supposed to be for 2020? 9.7%. Wow. wow. So, you know, if we're looking forward for what companies are going to do, you know, it's a good time to be in there because good things are coming around the corner. Right. So when we come back, we're going to leave you with a cliffhanger. What does that portfolio need to look like in 2020? Right here on Life Planning 101. 
final segment, Life Planning 101, right here on KTX KDY. Angela? Yes, and we are back with Aaron Kennedy talking about uh, this robust economic environment that you will never hear about on uh, CNBC, CBS, uh, you know, only here on Life Planning 101, right? And small uh, market media. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, small market media, but uh, everything is the truth and nothing but the truth. So um, we're really excited, though. Um, You know, there's a lot of things moving in the economy, a lot of things moving in the market. And, you know, I remember you on last month, Aaron, and you were talking about if China, um, if we we work a deal with them, you know, it's going to be like magical fireworks in in, uh, the Magic Kingdom, right? Yes. Um, So, you know, there's a lot out there that, you know, that people could be gambling on, I guess you could say, to happen. Um, But then there's just a lot of solid evidence, it sounds like, on economics and, and where things are at. So, I know uh, you're getting ready for a big reposition within uh, the portfolios and uh, looking at things that you're going to be changing. So what are you going to be looking to do with all these things up in the air? And, um, you know, what else do, do listeners need to be looking for or thinking about as they are looking at their own portfolios? So the biggest thing is what are we going to be missing out of going forward? said if the earnings are supposed to increase almost double digits next year uh, we have the fed the ecb and the bank of japan all uh, being very accommodative with their their policies which basically means they're flooding the market with money and hopefully these big institutions are taking that money and investing it which is huge economic activity there's a great backdrop and remember if all the bad things have already happened. You know, the slowdown in Europe has already happened. The slowdown in China has already happened. And everybody is already taking steps to correct that, get things going. So it's a good time to be invested. You know, there's some hot spots in the market that are kind of overpriced, mainly your low volatility or your less risky investments. Because, you know, so far this year, that's been one of the barn burners. One of the best plays out there was being to low volatility. So that's kind of expensive. But the things that are starting to work that haven't all year is uh, small companies, value stocks. The most beaten up stocks are finally starting to move. And that's been years since we've seen yes. value move. Yes. You know, uh, technology is really, really expensive. There's ways to invest even technology companies out there, there's cheaper technology companies. So I would look to be more on the valuation side, maybe take a little bit of price risk out of the market and buy a little bit of more value-oriented, a little bit safer investments, that kind of thing going forward. Another big thing is uh, high-dividend stocks because you know I think the, the Fed's got rates down to 1.75%. 10 years very very low it's hard to find income you know so if you can find a good quality company that's paying a large dividend uh, that would be a good place to go because those haven't done that well this year mm. you know comparably to, <laughs> to technology to comparative to the 20 percent overall market <laughs> yes but there's some great places to be out there that you can get a pretty good dividend income and and not have to take all the price risk that's in the overall market at this point yeah, I know, you know, when you're building a portfolio and you've talked about this so many times before about you have 
obviously the core. And then, you know, you talk about these these value add plays. And I think it's important for our listeners and especially those of those are who clients that are clients. And, um, you know, we're managing that money to remember, you know, it's all about T-ball. And, you know, you can overweight yourself in any one of these areas. So when you're building a portfolio and you're talking about these little value adds, you know, what percentage of the portfolio are you actually talking about doing that with? Oh, a small enough piece that you won't pull your hair out if it's wrong. Because, <laughs> 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 I mean, in reality, you know, if you stay invested, one day you're going to be right. You know, uh, let's just take value investing You've been wrong if you've been a value investor for years, for years and years and years, you know. So if one day that'll come back and one day that'll trump the market and it'll, it'll beat growth hands over fist and the value investors will come back out and say, hey, look, I was right. Warren Buffett's right, you know. But at this point, it's scary because it it's has underperformed. It's not that it's lost money, but it's underperformed. And when we have these long decade-long phenomenals like growth outperforming or large cap outperforming small caps you know people forget people forget the basics of investing which is buy low sell high mm. not buy high and pray that it goes higher right. you know that's a recipe for disaster right in the long run right and i think you know a gut check every once in a while is good i think about uh this when it comes to uh, my roping and i know this is crazy but if i uh, feel like something just isn't working and i know even though bread has told me a thousand times i need to be doing it this way and it just doesn't feel like it's working it doesn't feel like it's working it doesn't mean that i need to stop doing that if i want to get better Right. And I think investing comes to the same place of what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, we know these disciplines to be true because over the long haul, and that is what investing is supposed to be for, not, not over a short yeah. period of not time. Get, get rich quick. Not, not an gratification. Yeah. That's right. Over the long haul, we know those disciplines will hold out and win. It's just staying that course, no matter how painful it is to get through that. And sometimes it's a learning curve to get through that, but you've got to be able to do it. And I remember, um, what was it? I think uh, 2011, the market was going gangbusters. And, you know, everybody's saying, why aren't we going gangbusters? Well, it's because we held true to our disciplines. And how many times has that paid off before? Oh, seven, oh, two, you know, all these times that the market was going gangbusters, but, you know, it fell apart just as quick. So it's important for you to keep level headed, to stick to your disciplines. We have a saying, our experience has taught us to be comfortable with those disciplines. So if you don't have that experience, you need to be seeking somebody to have that experience with. And don't forget our tax estimator online. Find out that those capital gains are going to kill you inside your mutual funds this year, right? Uh, right. But Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show. You're always uh, insightful and, and full of sage advice. So we just greatly appreciate you. And thank you to all of our listeners. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. We truly are grateful for each and every uh, one of our, our clients and the families that we get to work with. They're, they're a blessing in our lives and, and what we get to learn and experience and share with others. We just uh, feel that that is truly a uh, a blessing to so many others. So we appreciate you. Have a great week. 
Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services Incorporated is an independent of Calton & Associates Incorporated and Smart Money Group, LLC. See.